Now, we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Three's the hard way. Three's the hard way. Three's the hard way. You want to do it the easy way or the hard way? With over 30 years of combined wrestling experience and knowledge, nearly every bit of it Woody's, Georgia Wrestling History presents Three the Hard Way. I met him when I first started back years ago, and 
you know, he wasn't the greatest worker, and he still ain't the greatest worker in the world. But you just talking over, that guy is over as hilarious in the state of Carolina. I mean, he, he's one of those guys, if you go somewhere with him, you better go, you know, an hour early, because if not, he's going to get stopped by every wrestling fan in the state of Carolina. Uh, wow, really? Yeah, it's no joke. I mean, everywhere you go, it's like, boogie, 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 you know. <laughs> and uh, he's a good friend of mine. And he's, you know, like I said, he's not that great of a wrestler, but what a showman, you know, he is. You know, like I said, always the best wrestlers aren't over. But that guy, he does the simple yeah. stuff, gets over, and uh, he's one of them guys. You know, they never got their, they're really just their, and, uh, but I guess, uh, probably another guy that flew under the radar, did a lot of jobs for WCW, was a guy named Keith Hart, uh, no kin to the Calgary Hearts. Uh, he runs a little show up in, uh, McDonald, Tennessee, which is between, uh, uh, between Chattanooga and Knoxville, and, uh, close to the Cleveland area. Uh, that guy was, he was gold, you know. He, he, he could he, he could do anything. He could wrestle anyway. He was uh, trained by Rick Connors out of Knoxville, which is, was uh, just an amazing talent and uh, legitimate wrestler. Uh, he, put a brand, he wrestled with college wrestlers, you know, years and still, you know, beat all the guys, you know, on the mat. <laughs> and uh, but that Keith Hart we learned from him and just uh, you know had an unorthodox style and, and unorthodox psychology, but, but he was an amazing individual also. And uh, yeah, you know, I tell you a guy that that um, I tell you a guy that, that stands out for me that I I saw him wrestle first at your show um, is Adam Jacobs. Very good, yes. And you know, he uh and I, I felt like a a grade A dummy the first time I saw him wrestle. I was like, Why don't why would I not know who this is? I feel like I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> I, I had just kinda got started being active and like, Well, maybe I don't deserve any of this 'cause this I mean, he was amazing. Just I couldn't yeah. believe what I was seeing. I was like, Well, A, why do I not know him? And B, why is he not on my T V? Um, <laughs> did you see him come up? Oh, yes, yes. I actually, believe it or not, helped with, you know, I didn't train him, but I helped him with, you know, helped him out with training and, and stuff, you know, and uh, giving him advice over the years. You know, he came up along uh, along the Jimmy Ray, when Jimmy Ray came up, and, uh, and it worked the wild side a lot, was over Big Baby Face, and uh, he, he worked a lot in Alabama, and he worked in Columbus also, you know, but he was another guy that uh, he didn't spread his wings and get out that much. I, I, I believe he did a little bit of Ring of Honor stuff, too. Uh, he would have fit perfectly. I mean, that's tailor-made for him. He was uh, he was a very talented individual. He started with a tag team called the uh, – uh, actually, he was the Young Lions back then. Many, many moons ago, uh, him and a guy named uh, Toy Dotson, which was a real good wrestler, also uh, tagged together. Uh, when they first started, then uh, uh, TWA that was run by Doug Lockett, 
down across Georgia. That's where he got to start at. But then he ended up, you know, spreading out, spreading his wings, and uh, ended up uh, ended up making a pretty good little name for himself. But you know, I believe it could have been a lot more. You know, a lot, a lot of guys though don't want to make that that travel, and you still yeah, got to make a living. Uh... You know. It's a risk. I mean, it's a huge risk to say, "All right, I'm not gonna have a, I'm not gonna have insurance." <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's what it comes down to a lot of the time. Um, I got married and I got this baby, and I need some insurance, so I I really can't go, I can't exactly. go full tilt because who knows? I mean, and and I don't blame anybody for that. I mean, I know a lot of times you hear, "Oh, that guy's a weekend warrior. He's not really out here." But dude, we all got to make choices. And That's right. um, sometimes the 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 choice you want to make is the one you can't make. You know, the right thing's always the hardest thing to do. And That's if right. you're a guy as good as a guy like Adam Jacobs, the harder thing to do is to stay at the house and make sure that everybody's taken care of when you know you could go be ripping and running. <laughs> That's the harder choice. So um, it, you said something there that, that kind of triggered me when him and Jimmy Rave were coming up. And uh-huh. – as good as they both are, it's hard to believe they were ever coming up. It, you know, you, you, you get to see some of these guys be so good, and it's like, well, yeah, he was always that good. Um, was there something about him and Rave in particular that you knew right off the bat, or did they start out like every other green kid did? Uh, no. I, you know, now I think back and I look back at them, you know, there was something special about those two. Uh, you, you know, you can look at these. You know, I think one thing that probably hurt Adam Jacobs was his height. You know, and that, yeah. that hurts a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys that are amazing that just aren't tall enough. You know, and it don't make them any less of a, a wrestler, but uh, don't, they don't give you that uh, that big the big show feel. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah, yeah. That, you don't get that, the benefit that, of the doubt. Right, right. You got to work extra hard. Yeah, but those guys are special and, and everything, you know, some guys, it's like when you're training, it's just, when you put, you know, when you put their boots on and get there and do it, it just comes naturally. I think that's the thing about him and Jimmy was two of the, two of the guys that everything come naturally and, and everything was crisp, you know, and, and uh, easy to do, where a lot of guys like me coming up had to struggle and work hard at it, you know, the to, to, yeah. to do simple stuff. Well, uh, I tell you, you what. Know, another guy um, I can't, if you don't mind me, throw, throw no, another, go, go, go. Prop up there was uh, David Young was another guy. Well, I was you know, just fixing to mention David Young. That's exactly <laughs> who just crossed yeah. my mind because I'm blown away by it because I saw David on TV, you know, when he was with his TNA stint. I didn't know enough about the art of wrestling to understand how good he was. You know, I just was – watching the TV show to be entertained, and he certainly was that, but I didn't know enough about the going zone to be like, you know what, that's crisp. <laughs> that's that's sharp. Um, I knew that I knew that Spine Buster was good, though. Yeah. You know, it, you know, and David, I think what hurt David's career was mainly they, they put him in tag wrestling and never give him a chance. So, I mean, he did some single stuff, but, you know, when you're doing tag stuff, you, you have to rely – on your buddy, you know, and he has to be there. And sometimes having a tag partner will hurt you more than it will help you. And I, I think that's kind of the thing that happened with David uh, coming up because anybody that's ever seen him with that wild side anarchy, 
know David was money, and know that they know he was gold, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and uh, another I, guy that, you know, Rick Michaels was his, was there, yeah. too. And, you know, I knew Rick after he had been in it so long that he wasn't quite as active as he once was. And he was, you know, starting to transition out into his current role. And, you know, Rick is one of my favorite people around here. And he's somebody that has always been really good to me and kind of welcomed me in from the beginning. So when I see, you know, oh, here's a dark match AJ Styles had with with Rick Michaels, it still knocks me back a little bit like, that's Rick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when Rick started, too. I mean, I hadn't been wrestling long, but, you know, I've been wrestling probably a couple of years when Rick, Rick started. Uh, I think at that time he had uh, had his wife at that time with his valet work with him and stuff. And, you know, well, that's even crazier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had, he had that look, and uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, he's another guy. You know, I didn't really recognize him, but I don't, you know, really remember him like I did, you know, David or or others. As time went on, yeah. you know, he really came into his own. Yeah. Well, we talked about you know th- those guys, uh, Adam Jacobs. We all mentioned Wildside. Was there another promotion that was kind of producing a lot of talent like that that maybe we don't talk about as much as we should? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was trying to think of a program at that time. Of course, you had a power plant, you know, a power plant right. producing guys, you know, left and right. Not only the WCW guys, we, you know, they, they they produced indie guys too that that never did make it to WCW. Uh, trying to think of another promotion that was probably, and I guess you know, Deep South was around, but again, those were sort of I think they have gotten their due to a degree because they were um, they were farm leagues essentially, and if you if you got in there, yeah, then you yeah. had a real good shot. Well, I see our guest has joined us, so I'm going to let you talk him up a little bit. Tell us about Ace Rockwell. Oh, Ace Rockwell. Uh, Ace Rockwell is one of my students, and uh, uh, he's a friend of mine. I mean, we don't we don't touch base cycles like we should, but the uh, mutual respect we have for each other is there. Uh, Ace has done a lot for the wrestling business, uh, helped a lot of people with a hell of a talent, you know, and uh, he's going to... Tell us a little bit about about his career tonight. So, uh, hey, let's bring him on. Ace Rockwell, you with us, man? I'm here, man. Uh, it's not too often that I that I get that I get Wood to say so many nice things about me. So I was kind of <laughs> hoping you guys would leave me on hold. <laughs> oh, I'm, I was talking about uh, Sean Tempers. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Sean, Sean Tempers. Yeah. I could uh, I could could talk I could share some stories about that guy, but I don't know if your if your audience is uh, is would be okay with that. I so think we'll, uh, all of my favorite uh, Sean Tempers and Ace Rockwell stories are always Jeff Bailey telling me about y'all celebrating Tennessee beating South Carolina. I always love those stories. <laughs> yes, that's when Tennessee wasn't so good, and uh, I don't really want to talk about that. We just lost this past Saturday. 
Son of the story for itself. I, y'all were the first three people I thought of when I saw the score pop up. I thought about every one of you. Oh, watching the game, I was pissed. Like at that, at the end of the first half, I walked outside and didn't come back in until the fourth quarter started. We played some cornhole and had some people <laughs> over, and it was just oh, just such a disaster. <laughs> oh man, I know Jeff. I know I, Jeff I, Bailey was excited. I haven't gotten a text yet, which is. Which is odd because uh, I would always text him when we won, and he would just text back, "F you." <laughs> As he's deleting his DVR. <laughs> and just, just well, real man, quick, I'm, I know you guys. I know you guys are gonna get in, and, and I'm gonna talk and all that. I just want to let you know. You hear a little boy screaming in the background. That's my son. Uh, my wife is. She teaches gymnastics Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Sundays. So. If he's screaming in the background, I'm going to apologize up front because it's going to be him. Hey, we'll get him on and ask him some questions, too. I bet he's got some good-ass Rockwell stories. I hope he doesn't know. I hope he doesn't learn of of all of them one day. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, Woody told me something I didn't want to hear. Um, He said that you were hanging them up. Hanging them up. Uh yeah, the, the, I guess the uh, they're not rumors because I, if, if it is a rumor, I'm 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 an idiot. So uh, I'm I'm the one that shared the news. It's something that's been on my heart for a for a really long time. Um, I uh, it's not that I don't love wrestling. It's not that I don't love uh, the wrestling business or anything like that. I think it's the other way around. I think it's that I love it too much to. Uh, be one of those guys that takes a spot from someone that really wants it. And I never, you know, that's part of my complaints when I was, you know, coming up and wanting to um, to do other shows and, and to try and get my name out there. You know, there were just guys that, you know, were hanging on. And I get it uh, now that I'm older. I, I understand the reason why. But I just couldn't be the guy that, that did that. And um, I'm happy for, uh, you know, Georgia uh, wrestling. And, you know, Woody's had a huge hand in that. Um, so it was just it's a good time for me to go. I had other plans, but you know it's just uh, it's, it's a you know good time to go, and I can still help. And you know I, with the scenic city and giving opportunities, and you know Linda near or anything like that. You know I'm not going to be gone. I'm just not going to be in the ring. That's that's what I was just going to ask. Is how it's not, it's never easy, but how. How much did it impact you that Scenic City is the the massive success that it has been twice, and and it's something that you can constantly put your effort into now? Did that help? Say, all right, it's time for me to step away from the active part, and I can start focusing my attention on this. Uh well, I mean, I was I was in the first one, um, and I kind of it took away from you know a lot of the creative process and everything, um, so. I knew right then and there that I couldn't do it again. And, uh, you know, this past year um, we ramped it up a little more. And I don't know how guys like, you know, you and Woody and, you know, others you know, do this year-round, man. I mean, it's a, it's a pain in the ass. It truly is. Um, and doing and, and babysitting and, and babysitting and, you know, double check. Trust me, I know because I was that pain in the ass. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> tell you firsthand, you know, I'm the guy that had to be babysitted. I'm the guy that you had to check up on and make sure he was coming. I get it because there were times where I just, you know, I was fed up. I didn't want to do it. 
pissed off. So I'm just getting a taste of my own medicine, sadly. <laughs> oh, it's it's so true. But man, I, I mean, even though you guys work so hard on this thing, I mean, and you do, you do a great job of promoting and putting it on. You couldn't have known it was going to be this big, right? You couldn't have even dreamed that it would be this big. Uh not not this soon, no. Um, you know, we believe it or not, we had a plan, and just like everything <laughs> in wrestling, you know, plans never work. Um, you can you can do the best planning you can do, and uh, you know you can lay out things, but you know there's nothing's going to go to according to plan. Um, you know we had a we had a, a really a five year plan to get to this to get to the set we're at right now. Um, you know the the tough thing is just outdoing yourself and uh, and you know or, or making sure you know the next next year is as good as last year. And, uh, and you know, just, I, I guess, making sure the fans are happy because the fans are happy, they're going to come back and they're going to support it. And, you know, some of that, you know, I'm not naive enough to know or to think that every fan that came was a was your pure wrestling fan. That's the reason why I wanted to team up with a school. That's why I wanted to team up with East Hamilton. That's why we're going to be teaming up with Saudi Daisy here soon. Um it it you know it, it helps you pay for the talent, and that's you know there's no other way around it. Um, you can put on a successful show, but if you don't have the money to pay the talent, you're not gonna be you know that show will be successful. But after that, you're done because you don't have the money to pay the talent. That's I knew getting into this, I was gonna have to um, figure out a way other than just running it on my own. And trust me, I got a lot of help, but. Um, you know, we're at the step right now we're at. Uh, hopefully this year, you know, we got some plans. We're going to be meeting this actually this weekend to talk about Scenic City 3. Um, I really don't want to meet yet, but uh, Alan Scott up in Ottawa. That's when the work starts. No, I've put it off. I trust me. I've put it off for a month and a half. They have asked me to meet for a month and a half, and I've just put it off because it's just, it is. It's a headache, and I don't know how you guys do yep. it all year round. Well, the, yeah, um, I'm going I'm to ask one more thing, and I'm going to get out of Woody's way. Um, the, like you said, having a school be a part of it and attracting a crowd that is not the people who would normally come out to see the kind of talent that you, that you do, I think is the thing that makes it the most worthwhile. Um, I think what you're doing is educating people that are, are used to seeing shows like me and Woody put on that are more, um, for the lack of a better term, you know, Southern wrestling, which is what I love and what Woody loves. I think there is a value in educating people that there are other options out there and kind of bringing the two worlds together a little bit. Um, outside of, you know, you mentioned the financial, the benefit of that. Was that part of the plan or is that just a, a benefit that came because that's just what happened? Uh, it's, you know, it is just what happened. Um, you know, I, like I said, uh, you know, you got your thoughts, you got your ideas, you got what you think it could be, and then it is what it is. It is what it turns out to be. Um, you know, we're extremely lucky. I mean, we're fortunate um, that it uh, has been um, as, I guess, successful. I mean, I know there are people that didn't like it, that loved it, that were in the middle about it, and I get it, and that's for wrestling. I mean, that's 
you're going to get that. What we try to do with the Scenic City is we try to give everybody a little of everything. You know, you're going to get, yeah. you know, your Chris Hero, you're going to get your Matt Riddle, you're going to get your Corey Hollis, your Anthony Henry, but you're going to get your Billy Buck, you're going to get your Drew Delight, you're going to get your Rask, you're going to get your Wrestling, you're going to get your Scientific, you're going to get your Leo Rush, you know, um, you're going to get your Gunnar Miller. And we just try to do our best to appeal to everyone. Um, and, yeah, I, I think we've done a, a pretty decent job of it right now. Have we done a perfect job? No. Um, but that's what makes it fun, you know, is just trying to be better and to try to make, you know, the next tournament as good or better. Yeah. Get in there, Woody. Did I lose Woody? I might have lost Woody, which is fine by me. That means Woody. I get to talk more. Woody's done. <laughs> he, he just he, um, he brought well, me on so he wouldn't have to talk to me. <laughs> he wanted to do the big lead in. Jump in there and get it done. Well, I got plenty to ask you because you're not a guy that I get to talk to a whole lot. And I was kind of talking in the beginning of the show about I got here five or six years ago. And so there's sort of this gap of history that I don't have. Um, Guys like you and and Tempers I just saw sort of on the periphery and I didn't get to dig into all that that made you the kind of the names you were. Um, What are some of the things that you really look back on with the most fondest? Like what is your – what do you think – what is you? What are you proud of that you did? Uh, I guess what I'm proud of. That's my son. I told you he was here. Uh, I guess what I'm most proud of is that uh, I grew up. Um, man, I made a lot of mistakes, and I disappointed some people. Uh, showed my ass. Uh, wasn't always the most pleasant to deal with. But what the wrestling business did for me is it forced me to grow up because as a as a teenage kid, as a young adult, you're in with other men, you know, men who are in their yep. mid-20s, men who are in their 30s, you know, mid-30s, some are in their 40s. And some of them will let you know to your face and try to help you. And some of them will take it out on you in the ring. And I was fortunate enough to have these people that would come talk to me and that would say, hey, man, you messed up, and this is how you got to fix it. And I was stubborn sometimes, and I didn't think I was wrong. But like I said, man, the most pr- the most thing I'm proud of is that it is, I do believe that I've learned life lessons through wrestling. It's made me um, to be, a, a, I think, a, a good husband, and I'm learning to be a better husband and it's helped me to be a good dad and hopefully a better dad. So that's what I'm most proud of. Yeah. And you had a tremendous amount of, of you know, physical talent. Um, do you think that you had it a bit of an, an abundance and it kind of made you a bit of a knucklehead? Um, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of athletic ability. Um, you know, I, I can't do the moonsaults and all that stuff. I mean, I, I guess um, what got me in what got me in trouble is I thought that I knew more about psychology and knew more about storytelling and knew where to play stuff. And if I didn't get my way, you know, it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> type of attitude. Um, yeah. And I do have that still. You know, I just tame it a little better. Um, you know. It, and we're all like that. We all should be, you know, in the wrestling business. We all should believe in our, our in our skill sets. 
um, I kind of learned, you know, I guess really in 2006 is where I really, 2007 um, is where I really started to, like, put the pieces together, um, going to Les Thatcher's, Les Thatcher's camp, um, yeah, really opened my eyes. And I know that Woody's brought him in a few times, and I know that it's sad because not enough wrestlers really take advantage of it. And I know that Les Thatcher has gotten older, and I know some of his ideals don't um, really click with some people that well. And it's not to say that I believe in every single thing that he says, but a lot of what he said helped me tremendously because it it, it helped me with my skill set, which is not large. It helped me um, with my move set, placing things, false finishes, and that's where I really hung my hat. Um, I I really wasn't the guy that called a lot in in the beginning of matches. I just wanted to get the feel of the crowd. And if you you know if you talk to guys like Sean Tempers, I you know or, or uh, Shad or uh, Gunner TNA Gunner, they'll tell mm-hmm. you I'll change mm-hmm. things in in the match. Like if we I know that you know we have a set plan for false finishes, and that's where I hung my hat. But if I get a different feel for the crowd in the beginning of the match, then I'm not afraid to change things. And you shouldn't be afraid to change yeah. things. Um, but that's what I hung my hat on. And that is sometimes what got me in some trouble. I'm, I'm glad you brought up false finishes um, because it is – that is the, sort of the order of the day. You know, current modern wrestling is built so heavily on big move, false thing, big move, false thing, big move, false thing. Is there – is there something that happened that made it click with you that enough is enough and not to do too much? Or was it simply just, I've done it enough, I feel I can feel the crowd and, and you, you learn from them? Well, I think, I think there's a time and a place for, for lack of a better term, I think there's a time and a place for too much. Um, you know, mm. uh, WrestleMania, you know, WrestleMania, for instance, you're not like I used to use this analogy a lot with you know some of the guys that I've trained with with uh, Gunner Miller and uh, you know with a you know Jordan Long Logan Alvey that I helped train. Um, you can't go out you know you don't see you don't see Shawn Michaels and Undertaker even at just any pay per view go out there and just throw everything to the wall and see if it sticks. You, know, you do that at your WrestleMania. You know you, you and they went walls to the wall and that's fine. What gets the guys in trouble is when they try to do it on each and every show, you know, and, yeah. and I, you know, I know several shows in the area have their WrestleMania show, their biggest show of the year, or they have four quarterly big shows. You know, that's your time where you want to go out there and that's the time where you want to throw stuff to the wall and see if it sticks. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. But what I, that's what I learned is that you can still go out each and every Saturday night, each and every Friday night, each and every Sunday, you can still have, a really great match, but if you continue to throw everything against the wall every every single night that you wrestle in front of the same crowd, they're going to get bored with you. It's just the facts. Yep. Um, you know, I, I believe I, I, for me, what worked for me is I did have, you know, my my moves that people knew me for, but I would get into them different ways. Um, You have to be creative with how you get into things. If you do things the certain, 
the same way, the certain, the same certain way. You know, like I said, it's just going to bore people to death. And I just learned um, what could set me apart because you got your Slim J who can do anything and everything inside of a ring. He can flip, he can fly, you know, he can, you know, he can pound you on the ground. Um, you got your icebergs and your tanks who are going to get in there and just beat the bejesus out of you. Um, you know, you got your tag team wrestling, you know, you got your uh, Gunner Millers and, and your TNA Gunners and your Logan Creed who are, who are bigger guys. And here I am, six feet tall, you know, 200 pounds. I got to do, I, I, I can't do the stuff they do. So I have to be smart about the way that I went about things. And that's what started to get me over and get me noticed. And you just named off a bunch of guys, and some of them I'm, I'm going to get into here in a bit and just talk about it in detail. But just the way that you rattled those guys off lets me know that you're a person who kept your eyes out and you made sure to pay attention to who was around you. Um, was that just from traveling, or is that something you set out to do? Like, I want to know what's going on so I can I can work with these guys, and, and as importantly, I cannot be doing the same exact same, same thing that the guy who's working hard is doing too. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I kept my eye on when I was really fully involved in, you know, in wrestling three and four times a week. Um, I kept my eye on everything. I, you know, I paid attention to Georgia wrestling history. I read show results. Um, you know, at that time, you know, MySpace was really big, so I, uh, I made sure <laughs> I paid attention on MySpace. Um, I, I really wanted to, you know, you want to pay attention to the cards, you know, who's at the top of the card. This isn't a slap in the face because I've wrestled, I've wrestled at the beginning of the card. It's not a slap in the face to anybody that has wrestled on the beginning of the card because you've got to start somewhere. But where I was at, mm-hmm. I just viewed myself differently, and that's just the truth. And that's why I did get some, you know, heat, if you want to call it that. I mean, that's why I yeah. pissed some people off because I knew that I could go with anyone. And that's kind of what got me booked in a lot of places, especially after Jeff G. Bailey, um, you know, started you know, I started working with Jeff with some of the other guys. I could work with anybody. And, you know, I, I could get in there and I could – you know, I could wrestle with the best of the technicians and, and be fine. Um, I could get in there with guys that could fly and, and be okay. But really, I think what got me noticed with Southern wrestling is, when, is that I could go with the bigger guys and make it believable. Because a lot of times you get in there with bigger guys and they want to, you know, they want to bump for smaller guys. You know, they don't want the stigma yep. of, well, this guy's too small and I'm not going to bump for him. Well, that's the wrong freaking attitude to have. You know, you're six foot one or two, and you're 350 pounds, or you're six foot five or six or seven, and you're 300 pounds, and you're bumping around for another guy. That only makes both of you look bad. Both so of you look bad. The key is, the key is to find the middle ground. You don't want to take a beating, um, but you want to you want to sell enough to where people think you're in trouble against a big guy, and when it's time for you to lay it in, you got to lay that shit in. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And, you know, I, I, I was stiff sometimes. I did, you know, Tank will tell you this thing. You guys ever talked to Tank? Um, he says that I'm one of the stiffest people he's ever worked with. But it's because I had to, you know, we I had to make it look believable. And it's I knew Tank. That he, 
sift the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I knew that he was going to sift the shit out of me, so I was going to make sure that I was going to get mine in because I knew that roll in the, in the corner was coming. I knew that mafia kick was coming. <laughs> I knew that back fist was coming. But he sure as shit was going to get my stuff. Man, can you talk to me about that back fist? Um, because I've seen it enough times to know that if I was a, a physical performer and I got hit with that back fist, that's the end of my my run. I'm done with it. I'm finished with this shit when I get hit with that. Um, how do you come back from something like that? How do you go in the back and say, all right, I'll see you next week. We're in a program. I'll see you next week. And this was just the beginning of it. <laughs> with taking the back fist? Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's usually where I got heat because I just wouldn't show up next week. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kidding, man. I, taking our taking our clothes. Thank you for umpiring my baseball game and stuff. So I mean, um, you know, with the Baptist, um, you know that that's actually, you know, a little um, lighter, I guess. Uh, it depends on who he's, it depends on who he's in there with, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah, I've caught it a couple times for sure. Um, and, you know, what your adrenaline is going so much, usually, that it doesn't hurt you right then. It's but, the man, next morning. It's Sunday morning. In the morning. Yeah. Sunday morning, Sunday you're morning, waking up, and you're coming. like, yeah. <laughs> and it's usually Sunday morning, and I know, you know, Tank works odd shifts at work, and I'll text him, and I know he's awake for sure. And I'll send him that text, and... He won't reply, but I can see that he's read my text. He just won't reply. So I send him another, you know, I'll send him another message, you know, saying, you big mf or, you know, you better reply to me. So then he, you know, he'll eventually reply and everything, and, you know, and then he'll go off, he'll go off on me about, if you don't shut up, the next one's going to be even worse. And the next one will be worse. The first one you, the first one you hit me with, was awful. How could it be worse? You know I mean, <laughs> what have you got left? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, but really, uh, to me, the, the stuff, the stuff that you know hurts for me is usually the roll in the corner, because it can just yeah. flat out knock the breath out of you. Yeah. So. He's coming. Um, he's coming with it. Oh he, yeah. He was one of those guys that that I was so excited to have come to PCW because selfishly, I felt like, all right, I must be doing something pretty good if he's even agreeing to do this. I must be at least on the right track because having him in the locker room meant a lot to me. Um, Who were some of the people that as you were coming up, it did mean a lot to you to just like, oh, man, I'm I'm in here with XYZ. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I, hmm. let me think. Are you talking like people I used to watch on TV when I was little, and I was like, oh, man, uh, just, whoever? Just I, I, I know, and I know that's a weird question because most people would—that's what you think. But I mean, sometimes it's just guys that that you were around with, and you were just happy to be in a program with them, just anybody that kind of stood out to you that I'm glad to be working in wrestling because I'm with this person either in the locker room or in the ring? Uh, <laughs> thinking. Mm-hmm. 
I I have to think, uh, you know, there's people who come to mind. Um, I think Drew Life is one of those people because um, yeah. Drew and Susan, his wife, are just really, really kind people. Um, yeah. So the person yeah. after, you know, he trained me is obviously Woody. Um, there's very few just really decent people in wrestling, and that's <laughs> I hate I hate saying that. I really truly hate saying that. Um, but this is you know it's the truth. Um, I was like uh, you know Bill Barron. I heard a lot of stories about Bill. Um, didn't know quite how to get along with him, but Bill helped me so much in wrestling. Um, he made me grow up. You know, he called yeah. me out on stuff that wasn't right, and he was and he was right about it. Um, say Todd Sexton. Uh, Todd was a guy that really, when no one else believed in my talent to push me in anarchy for the heavyweight title, he was the one that went to bat for me every single time. Uh, He and Jeff Bailey. Jeff's another guy. Dan Wilson is a guy. Um, But as far as, you know, know, name talent, um, I've got to work with a bunch of name talent. But the one that was so cool to me, for whatever reason, I'm not even sure why, was Tracy Smothers. No, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, I mean, and I've got to work with a bunch of them. But, man, like I, I remember, you know, the, the first Battle Bowl, you know, watching the Young Pistols, uh, you know, him and, him and uh, P.S. Hayes are on the same team. And I remember watching, you know, Halloween Havoc, uh, him and Steve Armstrong against the Freebirds. I, I just remember one, you know, obviously FBI stuff and ECW and, and everything. And I never, you know, never had met him until um, I worked yeah. for Burt Prentice in Nashville. And he yeah. was the coolest guy. A- absolutely. <laughs> um, I got a call one, I think it was Labor Day or Memorial Day, whatever it was. I was so excited. My my family had gone out of town, so I was just going to get to sit at the house all weekend, extra day. I was so excited. I get a call at, like, noon on a Sunday morning from the Washington Bullets. Hey, man, we need to get to the show in Tennessee. I'm like, boys, I'm trying to put my feet up. Look, if you'll go with us, you'll probably get to meet Tracy Smothers. All right, what time are we leaving? <laughs> and sure enough. I got to hang out with Tracy's mothers, and I'm so glad I picked the phone up. Um, but it is very strange that it is that way a lot of times with, you know, if whoever was your hero when you were a kid, that's one thing. But it usually is somebody who you just kind of you thought about tangentially or you didn't think that they were that they had a giant impact on you. And then you meet them, and they're really good to you. You're like, you know what? I did love that guy. We talked to Ricky Steamboat on this show a few weeks ago, and, and that put me over the moon. So it is, it does get that way that you you don't know who's going to really, who you're going to rub up against that is really going to have an impact on you. But that Smothers did it yeah, to I was, me too. <laughs> I was so jealous of, of you guys getting to work with Steamer at Woody Show. I mean, I was so jealous because me, uh, you know. 26 year old, you know, 20. Obviously, younger me would have been, it would have been awesome. But when I was actually uh, just really good, um, in my opinion at, at the time, 25, 26 year old me would have creamed my pants for that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I have said many times on the show that I am absolutely infatuated with Empire. Um, the, when I was first getting into this and I was just getting my feet wet running PCW shows and Steve got me to do those Titan class shows and I got to come up to that building and run that show, I walked out of there like, I don't know anything. Everything I've ever thought I knew was wrong. I got to change everything because I saw how good something could be. Um, based on the way that that Drew and Susan ran that thing, talk to me about about that promotion and, and what you or what it meant. Uh, we were the bad news bears, man. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean by that, and this is not a shot at, at, at anyone particular in the locker room. It was just, you know, we had some guys in the locker room that had done some stuff, you know, and then we had a lot of guys who hadn't done hardly anything. And there were a lot of guys that people frowned upon that, oh, you know, this guy sucks. This guy's got a bad attitude or this or that. Or And what happened out of that was was that uh, Andy, uh, Andy Alexander, who was the booker for the show, took all of us ugly ducklings and, you know, molded us and gave us purpose and a reason and when you give wrestlers a purpose and a reason no matter what your skill set is um good things can happen and a very uh, a very good example of that is bane lynch bane lynch is maybe as big as my son and my son is a year and a half old and they gave him an awesome gimmick with this teddy bear and he talked to him and the teddy bear would talk to him and the crowd ate it up. I got to, you know, at first I was like, man, this is so annoying. Like, I can't believe this. this we're giving this guy this much time, you know, on this. And as weeks went by, it was something that I wanted to watch. It was, oh, they're filming a promo. I want to watch this because I know it's going to be hilarious. And that's what happens. And that's what happens when you allow things to happen organically and not just shove it at people. And I think that's what Empire's biggest strength was with Andrew Alexander, with Drew Mullinex's, Susan Mullinex's. They were very careful about how much they would give everyone because they knew they had to come back next week or the following week or whatever. They were very, very careful about overexposing people. And, uh, you know, I'm not likening uh, uh, Andrew to uh, Stephen Platinum or, or, uh, you know, Paul Heyman, but it reminded me a lot of what, you know, PCW does and Empire does. It's a lot like what ECW did. You know, they hit weaknesses, they expose strengths, and that's what matters. Uh, I, I, I think that's part of what what impacted me so much about them. You could see quickly they're a lot like us. Um, and it was one of those deals where there was a boss, you knew who the boss was, you knew who the booker was, and the talent gave a shit about the show. There were no mercenaries in that locker room. They were all Empire guys. And even if they didn't work there all the time or they worked all over the place, when they were in that building there, they were Empire guys. The same thing I learned that at Woody's show. Uh, look who's been kind enough to join us again. Woody, did I hear you pop in here? I did. I am so sorry, man. I have had phone calls all night. I'm just, I'm just jeez, I guess. It's 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 irony. That's all it is. It's Ace Rockwell's on the show, and 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 Woody pulled a no show. 
<laughs> I'm finally I getting you back. <laughs> After all those years, you finally back. Get in there, man. I know you had plenty to say, so, so jump in here. I just, I just, I want. The reason I wanted you on the show today is, is uh, you've done a lot, you know, in the wrestling world. You know, you're one of my prized pupils, and uh, I respect you as as a wrestler, but only I respect you as a man and a family man, also. And uh, I, I, I thank you, and uh, I, I hate that you had a bad will, but. Uh, the smart thing to do is when you know your time's up and your body tells you when your time's up, and uh, you don't need to be that old guy that's, you know, out there doing, you know, just out there getting by, going through the motions and, and working harder to get out of work than to work. And uh, I salute you for that. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, I learned many things from you. Uh, you know, I know you uh, you probably didn't hear a lot of it, but uh, one of the things I touched on was, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was asked, uh, I was asked, um, you know, what what I learned most uh, from from pro wrestling, what I'm most proud of, and what I'm personally most proud of is that wrestling taught me to grow up. Um, it taught me many life lessons. Um, it allowed me to make mistakes. It allowed me to uh, piss people off. Um, but it, in the same sense, it, it also allowed me to fix my mistakes. It allowed me to to grow up and and, and try to right my wrongs, so to speak. It allowed me to give back, um, you know. And that's what I think about. And, and the strangest thing is, is I had injuries and stuff. Um, I never would have thought that, you know, at 33 years old, that you know, I really, you know, I, I tore the ligaments in my foot, and my ankle, and it's proven to be like <laughs> one of the worst. One of the worst injuries that I've uh, that I've had, and it, I'm yeah. still getting over it today. And I just didn't want to be, I just didn't want to be um, the guy that was showing up that, that just didn't have it as hard anymore to go and to have the best match possible. That was taking time from people that really wanted to be there to learn to have the best match tonight. And I, I that really was something that pissed me off when I was really young. Um, you know, I wanted I wanted the spot, and I couldn't get a spot. And I don't want to be the guy that takes a spot from someone who wants it. Well, I just I think there's so much more that, that you can do now, too, besides besides wrestling. You know, uh, well, as you know, helping the youngsters and maybe booking some. You know, uh, I would be uh, glad to have you as a uh, an advisor, some on booking and stuff. So. Uh, oh, you, 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 you're, uh, you're up with the times, and uh, I'm kind of an old school guy, and uh, you got to give the, the fans a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got, you know, I got old school in my blood. You know, I, I know what I like. I mean, if I'm, with, for me, for me personally, if I'm going to sit down on my couch and watch the WWE Network. I'm probably going to watch, you know, some old NWA or I'm going to watch some WCCW or, you know, whatever they have on there. Um, that's just my personal taste. But I know in running the Cynic City Classic or Cynic City Imitation, good grief, I'm on tournament wrong. Um, <laughs> I know that I know what a lot of people like these days. But I also know what a lot of people like, you know, 
they may not, you know, someone else may not like. So we tried really, really hard to appeal to different tastes. I mean, like I, you know, I was saying earlier, uh, you know, we could do your 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 mat based technical um, stuff. Uh, you know, we got your high flying with Leo Rush. We got your big guys and your brute guys with Gunnar Miller. Um, we got your, uh, you know, your old school wrestling with Billy Buck and, and Drew, Drew Delight. You know, we put a lot of that out there, and, and, and you just have to, you have to be able to mix well, uh, especially when you're, you know, running a tournament to appeal to so many different tastes. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that, that made me happy this year, I enjoyed this year's activity more than last year's, and, I, and you know the reason why? Is because uh, a few of your matches had a little bit some comedy stuff in it, and, and you know I'm a big fan of comedy and seriousness also. But you give them just enough comedy, but not too much uh, to help. Some of the stuff that Hollis did in them was hilarious, and it, it appealed and it, it mainly appealed to your smart fans. But uh, uh, you know that, but that way you still give everybody a little bit of something, and uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot this year. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I love I loved uh, Matt Riddle and, and Corey Hollis's match um, because it offered a lot of different stuff. Um, it offered uh, you know it offered some comedy. It offered uh, Matt base. You know, it, it offered just a, a whole a whole lot of different options for people. Um, you know, and I'm not a guy. Yeah, I, I have a lot of responsibility with the show. But I'm not a guy that's going to go to – and, Woody, I learned this from you, being on your shows. I'm not someone that's going to go to someone and, and dictate their match. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. give them, I'm going to give them who's over. And if I have a specific reason for why I want them over, how, I'll give yeah, it to yeah. them. But I won't tell them exactly how to do it because that takes the creative process out of the person. Exactly. And then you get a robot out there who's doing exactly what you say – and then the product's not good. You have to allow mm-hmm. creative freedom in pro wrestling. I know how I wanted to be, you know, and, and that's how guys learn. They're going to learn from their mistakes. They're going to figure out what they can and can't do, and, and what they can't do they won't do, and what they can do well they're going to do more of. And that's just how I learned it from you, doing your, working for you. No, I think that's so incredibly important, especially for Scenic City when – the idea can be, well, I'm just going to have a bunch of custom matches between a bunch of guys that I want to see wrestle. I want to see them wrestle exactly this way. That can be the temptation for somebody who doesn't know any better. Um, and I think y'all do an amazing job of, of letting the talent go out there and be the talent. I, I appreciate it, man. And we, we try. I mean, I've got enough responsibility to uh, – to, to get into their stuff and, and dictate how I want things done. Um, and truthfully, all of them are way more talented uh, uh, athletically than I ever was anyway, so who am I to tell them what they ought to do? Well, man, Ace, we've hit our hour. Um, I am so glad you were able to come on and chat with us. And if you ever got something you need to get off your chest, We'll be right here for you, um, and I, I wish you guys all the best. And whatever else you decide to do, I, I'm pretty sure you got this wrestling thing just about licked. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. I think I'm going to uh, live the glamorous life of a dad and, and give my son a bath, and maybe he'll pee on me. 
Uh, but just like <laughs> wrestling, uh, sometimes it shits on you, and you just got to roll with it. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Uh, thank, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. And uh, I'll get with you. Let's, let's try to eat together or hang out or do something sometime down in Chattanooga. I'd, I'd really like that. Absolutely, man. Uh, I, You know, we can go grab some eat any time, and uh, we can talk wrestling, and we don't have to talk wrestling, man. We can talk uh, how good your Auburn Eagles, uh, War Eagles, are doing right now. Yeah, you still owe me a Tennessee We'll see about that come November. We'll see about that a little yeah. later in the month. Yeah, we got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, giving me the platform and kind of sharing my story. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Thanks, sir. Man. All right. Love you, Wood. All right. See you later, buddy. Bye-bye. <sighs> I, just, I really do like talking to Ace Rockwell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's I, I feel he's, like uh, we're... When you find somebody that knows what they're doing, you just kind of you kind of gravitate toward them, and you and you just want to kind of hear them expound on it. And I mean, he certainly well, has I, had an I excellent hate that career. I missed half of it, and I'm just like, holy crap! So, <laughs> I do apologize, everybody. <laughs> well, as I was said selfishly, I'm glad of it because I got to talk. <laughs> I got to yeah. talk to Ace Rockwell, which was fine by me. <laughs> Y'all got anything going on? Well, this man, weekend? what's up this weekend? Dude, I got uh, uh we're gonna be in La Follette, Tennessee, Saturday. Uh, we're joining forces with Southern Pride Wrestling, and we're going to what? you too. Yeah. So we just uh, we're gonna get run that flagpole and see if somebody salutes it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we are we we ran on last week, which was a, an odd. It was the fifth week for us, so we're going to chill out until the nineteenth, and we'll be back then. Gunnar Miller will defend his title for the first time, and then we'll be back on our regular schedule after that. Um, we were all just basking in the glow of sacred ground and trying to trying a few different things. Again, just working, <laughs> seeing what works a little differently than when we did it before. Yeah, can I plug another thing while I'm thinking about it? And I'm about to get after it. I on before the 12th. Uh, uh, November 12th is GPW's one-year anniversary show. Yes, and, it uh, is. We, yeah, we're going to be in LJ, Georgia at the Gilmer County Civic Center. And uh, on that card, the main eventing is going to be Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, Taking it on Cyrus the Destroyer. And, Y'all have pulled uh, he, he another trick. His, yeah, he posted on his video. He's going to beat Cyrus like he owes him money. Uh, it's not too late to get tickets. GPW, the number one, dot org. And that's about it. Any chance we could get him to set up a, a breakfast buffet? Any chance that I feel like y'all are leaving money on the table, Woody. I'm just saying, I feel like you're leaving money on the table. Uh-oh. <laughs> just put that out there. I think you've got some connections to get a good breakfast buffet. I think y'all would <laughs> think y'all be in the running. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, well, man, it was good to be back on with you a little bit. Um, we will be back here in our spot in a couple weeks. You can tune in to Tipping Point next week. Thank you so much. This has been Three the Hard Way.
thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love a sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy. Without all the extra drama. I even had a gift Picture this. It's Monday afternoon and you're at Domino's buying a large three-topping pizza. You give the Domino's employee $7.99, plus tax, of course. Now, picture this. It's Friday and you're at Domino's buying a large three-topping pizza. You give the Domino's employee more than you paid Monday. You feel bamboozled. But then, you hear this. Domino's is now extending its $7.99 large three-topping carryout deal to all day, every day. And so you danced and ate Domino's. Carryout only. You must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary.